Alright, and we are here once again. New episode of Ripple with a Cause. This time we are joined live by one Mr. Donnie Gibbert. Donnie Gibbert. How's it going, buddy? How are you? <laughs> That's right. Did you awesome. enjoy I was only at uh Schilderberg for a couple of hours. That was the whole thing. Yeah, uh my dog almost ate your dog, which was uh, mm-hmm. kind of fun there for a moment. <laughs> yeah, just for a split sec. Uh then you and uh, my good buddy uh Nikki Pacone got into a little bit of a discussion about crypto and anarchism uh-huh. and everything. That was kind of fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Childerberg, it, it goes by way too fast. It, sh- it should be like an entire week. <laughs> it was very cool that weekend. Like, it's been 100 down here, and you go out at 2 in the morning, and it'll be, you know, 89 degrees, and that's yeah. about as cool as it'll get. So it was like about 82 in the day when you were here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really nice at night because once the sun went down, it got like down into like 65 or something like that. It was It was really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll need a sleeping bag, but you know you won't be sweating in it. So it's kind of yeah. that nice trade off. Very true. And of course, the whole time I had my dog like just snoring right behind my ear the whole time. So it was like, uh, I need to get some sleep, dog. <laughs> Mine's really good about just laying down when it comes to time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Tessa will really get up on her side, and the whole night you just <gasps> you're like, come on, dog. You might see him running around here while we're doing this. Probably, probably. So uh, you had uh, you said you had a good hour on crypto. So I almost just want to like hand you the floor until we get some uh, questions to come in. So listen, just start me off with with your curiosity because I could pretty much go anywhere, and it really just <laughs> relatable to you is the best place to start. Relatable to me. Okay, so well, I'm becoming increasingly a shitcoin minimalist. If that makes any sense to you, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. So here's where everybody has to understand the hard part about why is crypto fundamentally not the same thing as Wall Street? And all those Wall Street people really don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. And I will write it down for those of you who want to see it. It is this reason right here. In Wall Street, there is no Microsoft Tesla pair. Every time you buy Microsoft, you have to purchase it in USD and you have to sell it out in USD. And these right. are basically taxable transactions along some axis. Okay? There, there is no reason, for math reasons, that the Microsoft Tesla pair couldn't be traded, but that product doesn't exist in Wall Street. That is all. Okay? Right. Now, that is, if you look at what I already have over here, that is how the crypto market looked in 2018. And I'm making it really simple for everybody because it, it does, simple is when one thing is happening. Complex is when three things are, you know, kind of like clockwork is complex. Complicated is when humans stick their finger in the clockwork. So yeah. what most of the people are teaching people online is complicated bullshit that they don't understand because they didn't understand the complexity at all. So now they're giving you a sermon and how they believe the clock works. Well, this pair doesn't exist in Wall Street. So all the Wall Street people who think you know what you're doing in crypto, 
you have to deal with in 2018, there was a really hard line and there were only four cryptos that you could put United States dollars into, fiat basically, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and Litecoin. So I had a field day over here in, and I just wrote down BNB pairs because all of these pairs over here, here's, here's a basic arbitrage triangle. This is Bitcoin, USD, this is ETH, USD, this is Bitcoin, ETH, okay? Right. This Microsoft Tesla pair doesn't exist in Wall Street, but the Bitcoin Ethereum pair is widely and well known. Everybody knows that one exists. Yeah. So because this dynamic exists in crypto, I get to do triangulation outside of United States dollar pairs, basically. And there is an exception. There is one group of people who could have been running this pair and nobody would have known. And that's intercontinental exchange. That's the people who run the wall street platform. Right. And it definitely wouldn't have been illegal because there's no law that says they can't. And then there's all kinds of reasons why they probably did. So, Never mind Wall Street being a shit show. The reason crypto is fundamentally and absolutely mathematically better than the Wall Street market is because all of the crypto works in math and they work in smart contracts and all of Wall Street works in lawyer contracts and language. And that, that language is deceptive and there are plenty of mechanics that work around lawyer contracts. Yeah. So... When you start looking at all of these other coins that can form arbitrageable pairs outside of the U.S. dollar, you get to play like six twisted games like this, where I'm not triangulating, I'm quadrangulating. And I am now going to triangulate. I want to triangulate on this bottom, but I need an objective reference point here. Let me write this. I'm going to pull, I am going to triangulate this triangle with this objective point. So if this is like, uh, we'll call this Bitcoin, we'll call this ETH, we'll call this USD. This is how the market is set up, by the way. And then we'll call this BNB. Yeah. Pretty much so any crypto exchange that you go to is going to be set up that way. So, Right. They're, they're all set up to work off of USD. So these pairs, the Bitcoin Ethereum pair, the Ethereum BNB pair, the BNB Bitcoin pair, all of these at one point existed. And now some of them may or may not exist, but that is, that's like uh, traffic cones on the highway. If, if you can find, I, I'm pretty certain that there is no more BNB pair because Jenkins House, you control that one. So there used <laughs> to be a Syscoin BNB pair and a Syscoin ETH pair. Those don't exist the public trading anymore anyway so that's where right. i get into all of this now here listen i'm just a monkey i don't do the kind of math um literally my math goes to the middle somewhere of algebra i don't necessarily do college level algebra so when i say this is a principle right here this works on the um 180 degrees principle the inside of a triangle is always 180 degrees so whenever you see any kind of shifting that's how the arbitrage works I'm just performing this task four times at the same time. I get to, to look at it. This is what the bots do over here. And the bots are way better at it than me. 
Oh, of course. Yeah. So when you say you're a shitcoin minimalist, here's what I can tell you. That there is this thing, um, if you want to go look up the details about Celsius failing, that was recently. Yeah. Celsius was doing, they, they own something called Wrapped Bitcoin, WBTC. The Wrapped platform is where you can apply leverage, you stake stuff, you can apply leverage. It's, it's Wall Street games, okay? And let me be really clear about why this is a bad idea. Because they are now living in a world without that Microsoft Tesla pair. So the guys who are really good at math don't get taken, but the guys who think they know what they're doing are all losing their programs right now. All of them. You've seen a bunch of these things fail in the last three, four months. Yeah. So that's, that's where I have to go back. Looking at you, Luna. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And here's what I'm going to say. The stuff that was permitted inside the, I'm going to make a soft claim, and that is the stuff that was permitted to be built, advertised, big deal in the United States, was pure FUD and nonsense. Most people probably knew. It was an unregulated market, so if you committed a scam, you were fundamentally unprosecutable. Because there's no, exactly. It operates off a buyer beware. Yeah. It, it, yes. It, in a blue ocean market, the pirate is king. And that's exactly. just the way it works. That's just the way it works. So then you start getting into, okay, somebody over here is an apex predator with math dynamics, period. Because that's how every system works. There's an apex predator and it's running that shit. Right. And then it might have competition if competition is permitted. So the apex predator in the crypto space is, is either Chang Penzhou or someone's defense department. <laughs> That's all there is to it. And, that, and here's where it boils down to is when we look at our signals in every, every price chart you have on the world, you're getting a signal right now. You're like, you have a one-minute chart. Okay, that's beautiful. When does the book on a one-minute chart settle? It doesn't settle on that chart. How about on the five minute chart, the 10 minute chart, the 15? Like, you don't know when the action that you're watching right now actually goes to settlement. So, you know, there are companies that are bankrupt, but they are trading right now because nobody knows they're bankrupt yet. Mm-hmm. And so, the time in between when you're, when this, when the information is had by enough people to be relevant to that market, um, Metcalf's law is network dynamics. But the law of supply and demand can be Jedi mind trick because uh, the law of supply and demand is a derivative of Metcalf's law. If all of the zombies are wandering around and they don't know what oil is and they don't know how to drill for it, then they walk around on the surface of the earth for a very long time, never looking for oil. No concept of it. They just don't right. understand. So that's just kind of how it, no, So now you go into crypto and there are just these weird dynamics that no one has ever dealt with before. Like a bot can be running a multi-quadrangulated exchange. So it, basically, um, if you want to hear, John made a really good explanation, the All In podcast on, on episode 84 and 85. Listen to John when he's talking about crypto. You can run, you can front run crypto trades in the crypto market because it's not illegal. Because it's not regulated. Right. <laughs> and, oh, what was the other thing he made uh There was another point that he made about uh, either way. You can go watch him. 
these bots are basically in control. So as soon as I figured out that there is definitely somebody over here who is stealing my arbitrage points because it, 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 somebody started stealing my arbitrage points way back here, way back when there wasn't a lot of this going on, you couldn't put a lot of USD in the market. And I didn't know who it was. Who's this guy? Jake Penzel owns the BNB coin. So if you sit, and here's where I get into the weird math, because zero in the U.S. dollar, the U.S. dollar is not a unit of measure as of 1971. There is right. nothing it's pegged to. Um, yeah. Putin, just, Putin just pegged a ruble to, oh, it was 5,000 rubles to a gram of gold. If Joe Biden wasn't a Muppet, he would peg the United States dollar to 10 kilowatt hours. Like if he wasn't a Muppet, but he is. Yeah. Unfortunately, the macaroni salad in chief is, in fact, a Muppet. Absolutely, indeed. I don't know how they got. He's clear. There's no strings over the top of him. The bike accident proved that. So there's the Muppet (laughs) underneath him is is like hand. Like Jim Henson couldn't do a better job. So what I want. I keep looking for the stick on his hand that moves a stick (laughs) that moves his hand around. Yeah, really. So, <laughs> so what I watched a while back is I, I, at the time I would have referred to it as Elliott Wade and I was watching somebody Elliott Wade those market and I don't have any inside information. I'm not working for any crypto companies. I'm not a coder. And all I'm watching is the reports that all of the industry guys who are in rel- they're, they're in the traditional markets for all of their reasons, and they have a bunch of metrics, but what they really have been relying on is a narrative because that dollar is not measurable. So yeah. the one thing you, none of, and all of these people are selling information. So there's credit to be given to some people, and, and a bunch of them are just charlatans who are trying to sell you information and best guesses. And that's where I get into I know Bitcoin was levered up at least, at least 10 grand. Like that, that drop from 30 to 20 was just basically the removal of the leverage of, of a couple of platforms, one of which was Celsius. And because bots do this, now I have really looked at it and, and I've been staring at this for the last 18 months. There's clearly some big bald AI running and it very, very much appears to be either like a, someone's Department of Defense or Binance. And the thing is, the, the finalization of those trades that you look at, it, whatever your display is, this is where we get into signals intelligence, where yeah. until those books are finalized on chain, they're not real. It's not, it's not a finalized trade, and there's a way to break it. So I find a Fourier series there. And one of the ways you could secure a market, even though the trades aren't finalized, is you run, you run one. Uh, my understanding, just call it like this: Syscoin is very fast, like two hundred thousand TPS. Syscoin can run so much faster than every other blockchain that you could put on top of it you know, or run it against. That it becomes a baseline security layer where it runs so fast that no one else can interrupt. You'll be permitted to speak when it's your turn, but you can't interrupt. And that is in and of itself one of the types of security features you have to run when you're running signals. One of the things, this is a security feature in fiber optics because a broken fiber optic line, it's fundamentally impossible to get in there. Like once that line is set in place, trying to cut it in the middle is basically impossible. It will be noted. 
So <clears throat> that's just the concept of how do you run a signal really fast? Well, the United States dollar not being a unit of measure makes two things in the market that a lot of people don't understand, commodity metrics versus volume metrics. A daily volume versus how much does this stuff trade during a day? And when something is trading on a daily, when something trades a million shares a day versus something that trades 14,000 shares a day, they're not they're not even on the same metric anymore nor should they be and here's where the gold and silver guys get a little finger wagging at them is gold and silver the physical metal for starters here's the way to help stop calling it precious metal you can call it monetary metal if you want but don't call it precious metal that's <laughs> that's sales pitchy stuff yeah so gold and silver traded by hand is the trading of, of how much is that metal moving around? And, and by hand is one market, but by volume is another. And most of the big piles of silver and gold are fundamentally known where they are. So that metal isn't moving around because it's a big pain in the ass to move around. It really is. So it's why currency was invented. So then you get this currency, and now currency is a volumetric of money velocity how many times a day does one single dollar change hands on average and, and just watch the the little ants move the dollars around the ant colony um there's another there's a website called where'sgeorge.com and you can put your you can put your the, the dollar serial number in there and you yeah. can see if it's been checked in anywhere and you can watch where that that bill has floated around well that's a good biological warfare scenario of if this dollar had a biological agent on it how many people would have gotten sick from it right you, you sometimes come across those dollars and they have like the little red stamp on the front and uh mm -hmm. gives you that website uh it's kind of fun i, I checked in in it once and had a dollar yeah. that showed it coming from the fed in dallas uh and then from oh, yeah. dallas it had kind of went all the way all around the country and by the time i got it in louisiana it had been like through like 16 or 17 states it was pretty 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 wild right well somebody's running a data set that has lots and lots of those dollar bills in it. so they got to watch that money move on a current on a human tidal current of where that where certain things went and you know when a certain lot number was given to a certain business and how certain months of it went out in chunks and kind of flew out you know it's um it starts becoming like fluid dynamics of weird swirls and um so the volumetric is where the gold and silver guys would be like there's a separation in the in this in the paper price versus the physical price I right. there is. so hold on a minute sure i'm busy <laughs> All right. While well, he goes, uh, handles his dog. Uh, yeah. So trying to get everything, uh, set up here. All right. He's back. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. The, the dog was freaking out because the doorbell rang and I, I like never get this. Like I, this is. <laughs> it, it's okay. You get dogs. I, I get little, I get little five-year-old girls that bust up into the podcast and, uh, <laughs> and everything else. So, so, so the, the silver guys have to understand something. Um, the inflation deflation argument might make a little might make a little sense about this. When you are trading silver on the silver market, they're doing like a million contracts a day. 
And if silver's $20, that's $20 million worth of volume a day. So you have to understand the market is, markets tend to be efficient. And this is where the gold isn't moving. The transportation cost of gold moving around and silver moving around is not being incurred. Just contracts. Well, everybody kind of knows that those contracts don't have the proper backing. And that if you tried to cash them in and get gold, what you're going to get is a lawyer's excuse, and they're going to point to the bottom, and they're going to say, we really only have to pay you in U.S. dollars. And that's and they don't keep a big pile of gold or silver around. They keep a big pile of dollars, and they'll just settle your contract. Maybe they'll settle it even higher so you don't complain. Yeah. But they'll just settle your contract, and you're not actually going to have any metal when that happens. Well, here's where the, de- the deflation inflation thing happens. When you buy these gold and silver contracts, like I said, there's $20 million there. They took $20 million USD. They made a, they turned it into lawyer contracts. So now this dollar goes, you know, it starts drifting around again, like where's George? That's back circulating in the market. Yeah. And these contracts don't really back gold. They really just back money. So when you start seeing deflationary pressures or liquidity is running low, it means that somebody's trying to cash out of the lawyer contracts, but there isn't enough USD to go around because too many people are sitting on it. So this is where we go back to anybody who thinks they understand inflation and deflation. What is the total money supply? Because if Joe Biden prints up any amount of dollars in any year, insert your own number, if you don't know the total money supply, you don't know the rate of inflation, period. You have to know yeah. how much he added to the previous supply. So how many of these shitbox scholars are out there giving you long-winded speeches on inflation and deflation? There's very, very few people who have a clue what they're doing. Uh, Jeff Snyder, I'm certain, uh, to a certain extent, I'm starting to think there's a little bit of a Potemkin village where certain information sources have been read on to a program where they give yeah. out information and everybody, you know, we're kind of all on a clock and, um, people started to understand a couple of years ago that like when somebody gets arrested, <clears throat> there's a process to how they're going to be, you know, like the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, she gets picked up. It takes a couple of years for her to finally get sentenced. And there's a process there. Well, the day she gets arrested, a lawyer, her lawyer, definitely not only understands the process, but he can start bracketing certain dates around certain events. That's not necessarily public information. So a lot of these people that are closely involved with the process have information that's relevant on a timeline that the public doesn't get. The public gets thrown the the hysteria bone, the flaming bone, the you know the the gunshot bone, like anything you got. I have I have notes in the other room. So all of the things that you're seeing, everybody's just basically starting to figure out the stories don't add up. Well, everybody figured out their doctor doesn't know what the hell they're talking about because of COVID. I know that the financiers don't know what the hell they're talking about because none of them knows what a dollar is. Nobody knows what the total money supply is. Some of them understand the concepts of inflation, of deflation, of disinflation, and how prices will rise in, you know, when you're, you were, you're in the army, remember the PT, PT <laughs> formations when they start doing the accordion? Yes. Well, when a supply chain starts doing an accordion, depending upon how long the accordion is, it could affect prices. It has nothing to do with inflation, deflation, none of that. 
any kind of weird slinky in your supply chain can cause can cause price management issues, basically. Right. Okay. I've been rambling, so reel me back in. Am I too far, or am I out? Am I in the weeds? I don't think you're in the weeds. I don't think you're in the weeds. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely picking up what you're laying down. So. Okay. Of course, so, I, I've been in it for a while. So. <laughs> so then I get back to this. This all comes back to your shitcoin minimalist, and here's what I can tell you. Two years ago, I became what one would call the official shitcoin expert, or a shitcoin <laughs> expert, if not the one. And I put $45,000 in the market, I took $80,000 out, and I still have a $250,000 portfolio. So when I tell you, if you think I'm in the wrong market, I think you're incorrect. I think you're very incorrect. Now, do I know that Bitcoin and Ethereum are on the RAP platform and they are receiving leverage and all kinds of stuff? So I know that these that these things that are often flashed in front of the public, I know that they're leveraged and Wall Street plays games with them. And you can prove there are so many ways to prove this, man. I don't know. Um, Raul Powell, have you, do you do you watch any Real Vision? No, I can't. I, I might have like caught a few things here and there, but I don't like watch it on the regular. A real vision used to be good when it was just Ralph Powell, and now there's a bunch of weirdos in it. So anytime you see Ralph Powell on TV, he's pretty much he's a macro guy, and um, he's just trying to retire. Like I would have just called him this normal guy who's trying to retire, and he's just pretty successful at it. He understands what he's doing, and he puts out a lot of information about how the markets go. And uh, he, he uh, like if you just want to start looking at what does this overall macro picture look like, the systems are changing. And because the systems are changing, they are going into this completely code way. It's absolute code. And the, the concept you have to get is it pre-crime? There's a Tom Cruise movie about pre-crime. This yeah, is minority pre-adjudication. Report. Yeah, minority. This is pre-adjudication you get the whole game up just like a video game it's a smart contract you're handed this up front and if you put your money in there are rules and if you break the rules you don't get your money back you know there are rules the end it's all pre-adjudicated there is no courtroom there is no judge there is no legislature so as long like it only comes down to you have to be able to read the contract and as long as you agree to the terms okay and then the contract has to be correct, but the, con- the the correctness is code. So we have to just make sure that what I'm reading here in the English language is reflected in solidity, and then bam, we have deal. That's how it works. No, you cannot sue. Yeah, <laughs> that is kind of weird to people. And uh, Chamath gets into it about how so, we know what is an enforceable contract in crypto. And these crypto exchanges, here's how you can start telling that there, there's some bullshit over there. On Robinhood, you can buy Doge and Bitcoin. You cannot yeah. remove them because they are not crypto. They are exchange-traded products. You will pay taxes on them because the USD goes in, USD goes out, just like Microsoft, just like Tesla. Right. And those aren't crypto. 
So then someone will go into the market and start telling you about how you have to pay taxes on your crypto trade. There is no taxes on a currency trade. You don't know that, go to the airport and there might be a, an exchange rate. There's a fee, but there's no taxes on the currency. And I'll be yeah. honest, I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure the bankers looked at each other and said, and if we tax each other, this game will end very quickly. And that's why right. they don't do it. That's why it's referred to as an exchange rate, and you really just pay a fee for the middleman. Yeah. And, well, that's how the crypto exchanges work. And basically what I watched was Chang Penzao, Elliott Wave slash Fourier series, the entire crypto market, while everybody didn't understand that there weren't enough USD pairs to even make any sense of this, he used BNB as a zero. So this is where it gets really complex and where a human will complicate it, but I will try to simplify it. USD zero is here and BNB zero is here. And yeah. USD one, whoops, USD one, go, USD one goes to here. BNB one is here when it's one USD. Okay. Yeah. But otherwise yeah. this one keeps going. So this is how Chain Penzao basically can apply reverse leverage because he can push this value down. He can push this zero down to where your your eyeballs will see one USD here, but he's working this thing like an iceberg and he's pushing what what could be going this way. He can push it down in a Fourier series. And, and here's what I'm getting at. He has some coins that are in what I'll call a walled garden. And um, there's there's financial yeah. warfare yeah. tactics that in, it, it's called a Zerg strategy. It's where you have tons and tons. I have a trillion dollars and I'm gonna blow them at the crypto market. You would cause all kinds of liquidity issues because those coins are finite. Right. Period, they're finite. <clears throat> so because all of the warfare tactics can be involved, let me show you what what shows up. So this is an older version of Blockfolio. The new ver the current version is called FDX. All of these pairs that I have in here are set to, oh wait, this is the right one. That's on the wrong one. I have that on the wrong one. They're all supposed to be set to B and B. So okay. that one's on the wrong, that one's on the wrong pair. But all of these are set to BNB. This is Digibyte BNB, right? So these, but but the my point is each one of these is set to BNB on the underside. But up here, they are measured in U.S. dollars. Yeah. So I get to watch dollars, but they're measured in BNB. And lo and behold, the dollar measurements are different when you run them through a BNB filter. And I happen and interesting. Uh, Binance, Binance has much of the crypto volume. The daily volume primarily goes through Binance. It's way over half. And, it, and it's been that way for a long time. So here's what the weird part that you get to notice. I don't know if you can see it. These pairs, they all move exactly the same percentage in USD. When I attach them to a, a, a currency, multiple currencies attached to BNB pairs, move the exact same percentage in USD, even though they're USD values. This is one, this is 21, 
This is seven cents. This is a penny and a half. So they're wildly different values, but they all move the exact same percentage mm. in USD. And because and that's where I say Chang Penzao has nailed those coins to here, this zero. And then you get to see this. This is the USD value that you're going to see reflected in the market. This is the zero he's running. He knows which coins are, are, are not put together like shit because he's an adult. And he right. is guarding these things so that the fatal arbitrage, the Zerg strategy I was talking about, you can't do it. You'd be throwing your money into a wood chipper because he'll rip you apart in B&B before you get there. Hmm. And I've, I've just been watching this develop. Like, St. Penzao is just as smart as Elon Musk. He's just not as famous. Watch out. That, he is Asian-level math skill. <laughs> uh, definitely something to keep an eye on there. But uh, yep, yeah, so this is kind of like Goldman Sachs getting the building right next to the New York Stock Exchange. So they get all the information like a tenth of a second faster than everybody than the rest of the market. And that's the order books finalizing game I was talking about. Yep. Right. And because he's basically running these, let's just say there was an arbitrage opportunity in USD. But he'll just set that coin at a different level, and it won't be available there anymore. He'll set it different in B&B. So uh, Chang Penzao very, very much appears to be a financial pyramid builder, good earth citizen. He doesn't like fraud. He's trying to set this company up for he, – uh, he says, I'm trying to set it up like Google. So it's individual financial tools for the right. Internet world and uh, you know, a combination between Dave Ramsey and Coinbase. So seems to be good, seems to be good citizen. Now, because he has done this, here's where the shit coins take it on the chin because trying to assemble the markets, like I said, when, when I was talking about the Zerg strategy, we were talking about somebody who was intentionally trying to blow a lot of money in there and do harm. What happens when it's just a bunch of dumb human animals fleeing a failing currency system? that do yeah. the same effect. Yeah. We don't want that either. So this is where chaos and the fog of war work out very well. Nobody knows what a U.S. dollar is. So a bunch of these stable coins are failing because they don't really know how their coins work fundamentally. Like, there's people who are good at coding. So they have created a token system. They don't understand tokenomics. They don't understand electronic warfare signals. And they don't understand that if they don't ask nicely and get and figure out how to get into the finance pool that they're probably running outside of what we would call um, any sound valuation. Here's what I've been watching. Like um, you can go watch. There's an interview between Peter Schiff and the guy from Celsius. It's about 20 minutes long. It's horrible to listen to. The last three minutes are point are the whole thing. The whole thing. Peter Schiff looks at the guy. This was seven months ago or eight months ago. Peter Schiff looks at the guy and says, how do you get a yield off of Bitcoin? And, and uh, you know, I'm not a Bitcoin maximalist at all. I'm not even really a fan. But right. I definitely know that that question is on, on Bloomberg. That question is probably what ruins Celsius. Probably. Because Bitcoin doesn't have a yield. And that guy went on Bloomberg and said it has a yield. So whatever he was doing to get that yield and to pay back <clears throat> his customers in USD. He's giving yeah. them a USD yield 
And if he's given them a Bitcoin yield, it's really because they asked for it. So he buys dips and then pays out. It, it just becomes a he, he's playing a shell game in the background, basically. And the thing about a shell game is it has to be perfect. Yeah. The customer has to lose every time because the minute the house loses, the house goes bankrupt. Celsius has to take. Here's your bias, right? When Celsius goes bankrupt, the reporting sounds exactly like this. 500 mil, million in wrapped Bitcoin was taken from the exchange and sent to somewhere to be sold to pay for the Celsius bankruptcy. They don't measure Bitcoin in Bitcoin. They measure Bitcoin in dollars. Yeah. The That's one thing that the, uh, the maxis continue to uh, make a point of. It's like, well, in a year's time, a Bitcoin yeah, will still be worth one Bitcoin. Yeah, they do. Here's the thing. A 5,000 Satoshi transaction fee is what we're really discussing because that's how much it costs to send Bitcoin. I'm willing to be corrected on that. I don't really check up on it. I know that's pretty much what it was, and I don't think there's any fundamental way to change the fee structure for all of the for all the governance reasons that they have issues with on Bitcoin. Um, yeah. It is just a working prototype. Like There are so many lessons that Bitcoin taught us were not correct that I just feel bad for any maximalists who are still wandering around doing that because it cannot be a global cash system. There isn't enough liquidity, period. And then you start getting into, it's not a one Satoshi transaction fee. It's a 5,000 Satoshi transaction fee. So if you want to just break Bitcoin up into the relevant pieces, and we count 5,000 Satoshis as one penny, that's how you have to break up your Bitcoin. So all of a sudden, it doesn't have 100 million for Bitcoin. You chop off three zeros, and then you drop it down by, so there's like two, 200,000 Bitcoins, or it, like, it, it, you just suffer a five, you're gonna suffer a five X, and like, because of that, that fee isn't one Satoshi. You have a 5,000 X margin of error in what you think a million dollar Bitcoin is because it costs $50 to send that Bitcoin. And, and okay, so your Bitcoins are a million dollars. How do you buy eggs when you have a 5,000 uh, 5, Satoshi transaction fee? And then the Bitcoin maximus will immediately say, second layer solution, at which point you say, why is Bitcoin worth a million dollars if it requires a second layer solution to not be a shit show? And then you hear lightning network. These people have been handed on every time they try to leave the church. There's another pew full of excuses as to not leave the church. And they just hop in that pew. And like, oh, the lightning network will save us from our portal. No, we thank Bitcoin for all of the cool things it is. But the blockchain is the winner. And Bitcoin showed us the way. And because of Mer um, don't quote me on this. You'd have to ask uh, Jag Sadu works for syscoin he's a good one to hit up on twitter with a question and that would be there's so many coins that are merge mined with bitcoin that if you just stopped mining bitcoin i don't think the data i don't think that data chain suffers any loss of fidelity because there's so many other other things that are merge mining and, yeah. and it's the same data chain as far as i understand it but at a certain point we're way past i only do to end user i'm not a coder and I just play the game dynamics all the way out, and I look for, hey, how is this cheating? Why doesn't this work? 
And when a bot can quadrangulate 100 times every second, way faster than any of us are ever going to have a chance, you start seeing these market dynamics are run by people who really understand technology. They really understand market dynamics. And the people whose stable coins are failing, this was all American garbage. Americans got to put their USD into these blue ocean piracy platforms, starting with BitConnect and rolling all the way through to Luna, now Celsius. Yeah, I don't know what's wrong with Peter Schiff's bank, but I do know that there are many models. The, the beautiful thing about this is somebody was able to create a crypto company that demonstrates an economic model, and when it fails, it's not a whole country trying an economic model that fails. It's just one business. So Celsius was running shit on leverage and thinking they were going to play the game. Yeah. And, and really what happens is they're, they're running over – they're buying these complicated arbitrage pairs and they just cycle it back out into USD. So they halfway do the crypto market a favor because it's not really up and running for the proper, like web three is coming very soon. Um, so it's supposedly before the end of the year and the new Ethereum merge date is September 19th, which of course is subject to change at 18 minutes notice. So nobody gives a <laughs> shit about these. Yep. I don't rely yeah. on any of this shit. I just live in the, it's a rate of change game because when you start looking to anchor yourself to anything, there's nothing to anchor yourself to. So you say, wait, okay, what is the cause of the rate of change? So here's the longest winded answer to what, what's wrong with the shit coins these days. Because these bigger ones are levered up, all these little ones have been put inside of the BNB wall garden. These are trading as commodity money some of these are trading on volume metrics. There are people running shit tons of money across these systems every day, but the money doesn't stay in the system. It just volumetrically goes in and out. Yeah. So these are running on the Wall Street. Some of these, and, and to be honest, it's very hard to, these two are. These are basically running like Wall Street volumetrics. Many of these are just being traded around like commodity money or commodity yeah. currency. So because that's the, the difference, the shit coins are stuck in the, we are protected and we are waiting for Web3 to show up because a lot of, you know, when you do a volumetric, you can spoof it. Whales, the, the term is a whale. Somebody comes along with a lot of money and they can, they can you know, Bitcoin has a very low liquidity pool. Yeah. And Michael Thanks Saylor, Winkle lost twins. everybody who has bought a shit ton of these Bitcoin and has like uh, I kind of look at some of these people as sinister actors, but then again, I just assume some of them don't know. They're they're running these these econometrics that they learned at Wharton, and they think they're going to work, and then they don't work. And, and honestly, some really smart people who really know what they're doing had their fucking shit blow up, and they you know they might have found out later. They might have been competent enough to get hired onto another team and stuff like that, but. A lot right. of people were just taking swings and misses. So pointing at who's sinister is hard. Pointing, some of them are easy, but some of them are who's who's doing it right. And the answer is Joe Lubin and Chang Penzal are two pretty good people to listen to about how they're all coming together. And you could go to my podcast. I have dumped a shit ton of names about go listen to these people and start putting them in relevant time frames about when the market was doing stuff and when these people were out there. 
And um, there's one on Real Vision. His, the guy's name was Mark Cahotis. And he was a, an activist short seller. He would, hmm. he would find a fraudulent company. He would short their stock, and then he'd expose them for fraud, and he'd ride their ass all the way down. And he used to get death threats and this kind of shit. Well, Chang Penzao is basically like uh, an activist short seller for the crypto market where he is not letting people fuck around with it. And the adults are basically in charge. And now um, there's a lot of people saying there's going to be regulation in the crypto market. The vast majority of regulation in the crypto market is going to be code. Yeah. Well, somebody tell Hester Pierce to shut the hell up and go home. She is <laughs> drunk. The Securities and Exchange Commission was running an administrative court inside their own executive agency. Yeah. And it was found to be unconstitutional, lo and behold, because the judiciary is supposed to oversee how a defendant gets abused. And it is supposed to be abused according to the Constitution. And as soon as an executive agency has an administrative forum to abuse you in, lo and behold, they take indecent liberties with you and do so. Yeah. So all of the people who were in the SEC court, I mean, okay, I hope they got some frauds because everybody who they persecuted in there for no reason, they were just doing it for fun. Like, these, this is not helpful. Well, as most government administration uh, agencies are, this is not fun. Nobody asked for them. <laughs> Well, here's kind of how I learned from Mark Cahotis and then, you know, myself. The apex predator always wins. So Mark Cahotis can go after people that the SEC cannot. And to be honest, the vast majority of people won't. I wouldn't. But there's people the SEC aren't getting that Mark Cahotis can get. And he has, it's, it's a little different, difficult to work outside of the rule set and then claim you're somehow better than the guy who's one guy's working outside the rule set to basically commit a fraud. One guy's working outside the rule set to stop him. Who's correct? Well, the answer is what's wrong with the rule set that it doesn't contain either one of these guys. Cause they seem to know how to do it outside of whatever you consider rule. Yeah. So this is where, uh, why do you think these government servants get hired after they come out of government work? They go in and they just lose. They take bump after bump after bump on the head because the pre people who are best at abusing the system teach the government servant how unprosecutable they are one loss at a time. So by the time the government servant has their subsidized education of ass whooping, then they get to go out into the market and work for a company. So they've already seen enough fuckery. They're not going to, they can now be handed a bunch of money at a company because they've seen enough fuckery to not let it happen to this pile of money that they're about to be handed. The quarter million dollar speeches, that's just a delayed payment for fraud while they were in office. But the, yeah. the government job, yeah, the drop transfers, you know, the, I, as it, I had a lot of money dumped on me, so did you, with the War Department, for yeah. the time you were there. And it was all about... Honestly, was there anybody in the army who was trying to get you to do anything other than not fail? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's Monday through Friday. If we don't fuck this up between now and then, we might get out of here early on Friday. First, I don't right. want to be a dick. Like, he's like, really? That, that yeah. was it. Everybody was trying to synergize. and Well, that's what every, every business is trying to do. 
But then there's a regulator. And then there's somebody on the Internet telling you that your tax liability is what they say it is. And when you really go and look at what tax liability looks like, most people are very wrong. And I'm, I'm, I am now in the camp. What's her name? I think her name is Regina Jackson. Um, she was a former IRS employee who found out that basically taxes were voluntary. But the matrix of running around, getting out of it, is very difficult. And it is mobbed up with lawyers. Right. It, and, and that's where the lawyer contracts are dying because shady lawyer contracts have hurt too many people. And smart contracts don't have that as a feature, they don't permit said behavior. And it really does make peer-to-peer systems superior. And then, I, I just, listen, you guys under, have to understand, the lawyer. here's the lawyer matrix. Peer-to-peer doesn't mean decentralized. Decentralized doesn't mean transparent. Transparent doesn't mean functional. Yeah. So you have to have open source code that works. The code must preserve a peer-to-peer relationship in at least the validation of the network. You, as the Bitcoin people, the one thing the Bitcoin maximalists have correct is if they want to validate every transaction, they can. Okay. You don't really have to. That's not. You can rely on that system just as much as you can rely on your computer. And it won't auto-update like Microsoft. But your whole network, if you're not a validator and you don't pay attention to that, your network can update and you might be left out on the update and you might not know. And the the peer-to-peer relationship and the transparency are the things that people, it's where all of the fuckery goes on. And you find out that the blockchains is some blockchains are centralized, like you know Solana. Oh, Solana's having a problem, so the devs turned it off. What? <laughs> yeah, that, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> hey, let's give Bitcoin maximalist thumbs up. It's not Solana. There's nobody who can turn off Bitcoin. Right. So the bad, bad information. Uh, I'll give the Bitcoin maximalist a little bit of credit. In 2013, there was no hope for any human decency on the horizon. There wasn't any. And Bitcoin provided a way for people to understand that real money doesn't have to be brought. But anybody who thinks we didn't need fiat money doesn't understand how to grow a civilization at all. Like we would all, it it just goes slower. You you just do the thought experiment in your head. You go from moving that dollar around the country as fast as it went. Now you have to try to move gold. Lumber, steel. <laughs> oh, listen, the lumber and the steel have the uses. The The money is really just the half of the transaction that's moving around. Uh, money is a ledger system. Yeah. Okay. So you, when you're passing around gold, it is refined and it is known in the quantity. So because those two things you basically can assay this portion of the gold ledger and say, oh, this one's good at least, and you can keep that one. Um, the difference between gold and currency, when, when you trade gold for oil, 365 days from now, you have, you have converted that oil into something. Yeah. And then you have then, have you, re, have you sold those products for gold? Because when you try to go buy more oil, you're going to need to replace that gold. Are you using currency to bridge any of these things? Because if you are, 
you can experience slippage. That's where the arbitrage comes in. Right. An arbitrage right. in a computer system or um, transmission and reception and inside a computer system, you're looking at packet loss. Arbitrage and packet loss are basically the same function. So you don't want packet loss in a financial machine. You don't want packet loss in a blockchain system because it means you're maybe missing transactions or uh, for, for whatever reason, you're either missing transactions or those you'd have to reprocess them or they failed or they're bad, which is yours. That basically it starts getting, you, you, there's like multiple facets of it where there's like technology and then there's philosophy and then there's systems management because it has to be done properly and, and they all have to work properly. Ask Elon how getting the, what Joe Lubin discusses, getting it together, it's just as difficult as what Elon is doing, except Joe Lubin is doing it with software and Elon is doing it with non-computer hardware. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot to keep up with for sure. Uh, but we did get one question here from my good buddy, uh, James Gentleman from the, uh, the Blackbird podcast. Hi, yes, little Jimmy. And, uh, he's like six foot five. Yeah. He's, he's, mm -hmm. he's a big guy, but, uh, mm -hmm. what are three to five skills ordinary people can learn from signals intelligence and how can they apply them to their own ordinary oh. lives? Oh, I put that answer in Twitter. I did that yeah. before because I knew it would be too complicated to think about right now. <laughs> Read one of the answers off and I'll talk about it. Cause I don't even, I, got, I did that on purpose to get it out of my head. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, let's see. You put pattern analysis, uh, GPS okay. versus map and compass type systems, and bracketing your guesses with hard science to avoid hilarity and stupidity. Okay, so pattern analysis started back in 2018. I knew that there were only so many USD pairs, so I started watching these things over here for, listen, if this is simple levers. When something goes wonky in one of these, something over here goes boop. It's yep. really just simple levers that go along that triangle. That's all I was doing. But the pattern analysis allowed me to zone in on certain ones because those ones seem to perform better versus the frayed edges of this. Yeah. Um, GPS versus map and compass. Um, you have to really understand simple, basic, basic arbitrage where USD, uh, if gold is selling for $2,000 in Dallas and it's selling for 1800 bucks in Austin, it pays me $200 an ounce to drive an ounce up the road. So at a certain, you know, I, how much money do I need to get paid $1,000 to make that trip? I'm gonna make it, so I need X amount of dollars to get the number of ounces I need and I'm gonna run an arbitrage loop and I'm gonna have to drive up there. So now yeah. I'm three hours up to Dallas. I'm three hours back to Austin. I'm six hours worth of gas. I have to get paid to make this to make this arbitrage worth my, my worth my six hours because that's going to shoot my day. And yeah. okay, I'm going to make a thousand dollars once I get rid of lunch and dinner and gas. I made nine hundred. That's a good day. Okay. Well, tomorrow I call up there and it's only nineteen fifty. Am I a stingy bastard or am I making the trip again? I call it the next day. It's 1900. How many more days am I going to get away with this? Yeah. Well, Not too many. Guess what? <laughs> that, those bots are making that trip up and down in Dallas a thousand times a second. <laughs> right. 
So that's how all of these scams have been making you. Hold on one second. These yep. earphones are, they just gave me the tone. I have a second set. That I can <laughs> it's all good. You like cut out for a second. So we didn't miss much. Oh, and there he went. Oh, no. Dark Tom Woods getting to us again. Yeah. Damn, that Dark Tom Woods. But uh, hopefully he'll come back up here in a second. But uh, anyways, uh, while we're doing that, I can uh, let you guys know about some other things going on. Uh, I am going to be attempting a tour of the Gomez, the Gulf of Mexico Autonomous Zone. And so I set up tickets right now for the Houston show, which is going to be September the 3rd. But I need a good head count uh, to find out exactly where I can go and how much it'll be and everything. I want to keep the tickets for free, but if you want to donate, that's that's great and everything. You can find that at the link that's scrolling about across the bottom right now. So uh, we'll give them a, a few more minutes here to come back up. Otherwise, we'll uh, we'll end it right there. But yeah, this is uh, one of those crypto heavy e episodes and uh, I have Bitcoin maximalists on all the time. We just had uh, Car Campit on not too long ago. Uh, I'm looking to try and get uh, Guy Swan on who's probably like the big name over there for Bitcoin maximalism. But at the same time, I also kind of want to give deference to people who don't really play that game. Uh, and so Donnie is one of those guys uh, to kind of give you a little more well-rounded view of what actually goes on in the crypto markets. And Donnie has been, you know, one of those guys that can sit and analyze a thing because he's, you know, just that level of uh, autistic to do that. So, but uh, anyways, he lo looks like he just came back up. So let's bring him back on. Donnie, are you there? Yeah, I'm just trying to get my uh, ear buds to work. <laughs> awesome. I had the other pair that I had was. Uh... Jesus. Pick it up everything except the new device. <laughs> well, I can see your uh, your your chair, your uh, dolly of death behind you over there. It doesn't sound bad, does it? No, it actually sounds great. Okay, okay. So yeah, not not too bad for a Bluetooth headset. I've done a bunch of other pretty picture time like this on uh, Spotify. Started putting video up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That got convenient. So I don't I don't do a lot of high production bullshit. I just do basic, here's what it looks like. And yes, it's complex. The thing is, it's not as complex as you think, but it does take a lot of time to learn. And right. honestly, the worst part about the last... Oh. Lost audio. Give him a second. <laughs> All right. Well, he lost audio, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Hopefully, he'll come back up. Is that it? Yeah, there we go. Now we're back. Hey, is that? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. Uh, Dark Tom Woods, uh, changing up tactics all the time. That's what happens. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I mean, just uh, 
pattern recognition is how human beings got to this place where we're living inside houses with air conditioning. So <laughs> it's definitely one of those skills. Right. And, and that's where I look at it and say, I'm certain that they're, the order books are not done in that first minute. We're getting a display. All the displays that I could find, they show a Fourier series. And, and you just start doing all of this other stuff that doesn't look like the stuff in the market. And then you start finding that other market is run on lawyer contracts. And then the USB not being a unit of measure just gives you this clue of these people don't know what the money supply is. They have metrics. I, I will give them, uh, Jeff Snyder has metrics. You probably have to, like, they do a lot of research. And if you probably want to see numbers, you probably have to pay. But yeah. Gets into how the euro dollar market works. So we have a domestic dollar supply, and then there's like a euro dollar supply, and then there's this unaccounted for dollar supply called the black market. Like there's, you know, physical dollars running the earth. Obama pays them, you know, paying people with whole pallets full at a time. Right. So cash still does work in some some senses. And that is just a lawyer's game. I could get biblical if I want. I, I'm, not, you know, I'm an agnostic, but uh, the one world government and all the Satanism that everybody was worried about—it's the dollar. Okay, lucre, filthy lucre, and uh, Lucifer. That's just just do all of the. If you look on the back of it, there's an eyeball on the pyramid. And that's oh yeah, there's a lot of a lot of strange stuff. And while other while all the other bills got redesigned. Uh, to make it look more like monopoly money, the, like the dollar bill is that same design from the forties. That, that single unit of measure, right? The one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's an oracle. I mean, if you look at how it, uh, they call it a medium of exchange, and the English language is heavily bastardizable. So if you swap out medium and oracle, it really works like that. Somebody, yeah. somebody who makes twenty-five bucks an hour. Somebody makes 250 bucks an hour. Somebody makes 2,500 bucks an hour. They spend that money differently. Yeah. That, so it really does have this weird effect of averaging a price. And like, it is this strange witchcraft that Pat, and because everybody doesn't understand it, but they basically do it the same way. The only thing you don't get is that that high end of the curve, you find the luxury end of prices and the low yeah. end of the curve is where you find, you know, the, whatever CPI numbers were in the 80s, the government will just change them. So don't play, you know, like all of these things, all they're all narrative and they're all fake. And right. most of these people have really just figured out um, the dollar milkshake guy, Brett Johnson. Um, he would say the dollar is basically the best bad system. That is correct. The payment rails for the dollar connect four or five billion people. Yeah. They're big, brilliant, and beautiful. And I can just tell you, it's coming. At your supermarket right now, those consoles, they, they many of them have crypto or have the QR codes. Okay. Yeah. They're taking QR code that that those displays are set up to take QR codes. They are one software load away from accepting more than one currency. Yeah. And I, you can go look and, and do all the assessment you want of the, of the standard Wall Street guys. They are all basically frothing and warning that things are not okay. 
and that the dollar is not going to be the prettiest girl. Like the dollar's basically already lost world reserve currency status. So that yeah. if you don't understand the, the dynamics behind all of that, the dollar will just continue to inflate. It will be worth less and less because it's a currency and it's fiat and it's infinitely printable. And even if the federal government slows the rate at which it will just print a budget into existence, it'll still be inflating. Yeah. So 2030, the dollar doesn't look so good. But what are we doing in the next eight years? Because that's pretty short. I mean, when you're talking about trying to save your, you know, everybody's saving money and saying, okay, I'm going to save up for a house. That That's an eight year savings plan. You might not want to save in dollars. Yeah. Want to go save in something else. And that's where I've directed. <laughs> Pete made, uh, Pete Kigonis, he, he got a car out of it. Like I bet him, I said, you got to go put $20 into this. And if I'm wrong, I'll buy you dinner. And that was like two years ago. And he, he ended up getting divorced and he had like a bunch of bills and he needed a new car. He did the whole crypto not pay for the whole thing. <laughs> so as far as uh, shit coining, this is again, because the United States dollar is a failing unit. I can tell you that the stuff that's in the crypto market that isn't stupid, isn't broken, isn't going to tank down like like all the other, isn't going to fail like these platforms you've seen. Those things are almost certainly going to fetch a dollar because of the law of supply and demand. But because everyone has been shown that the USD value is so volatile and because math can be used this way, I... Nobody would ever, how does a stable coin fail when the law of supply and demand is applied to the first hundred crypto coins, right? The worst of them is a dollar because they're a finite system and they don't inflate like the dollar. So if the law of supply and demand was applied to just the coins that I can see that just five or six coins that chain pins out is looking at and saying, okay, you can't play fucker with these. These are good systems and I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let some guy go over and put a bunch of Bitcoin on the wrapped platform and then try and throw a hundred million dollars into some coin because it's now cheap because he levered Bitcoin. No, I'm not letting you fuck with liquidity pools like that. That's what I see Chain Penzel doing. So that's the way this whole goddamn thing works, man. It's just math. Yeah. It's just math. And I well, wanted You know what they say, math is the language of the universe. So well, uh, you know, it's hard to lie. Yeah. And this is this math doesn't lie, but the truthiness can be spoken in different languages. So if you your USD truthiness, it's not so truthy. Yeah. Bitcoin truthiness is better, but when you can apply leverage to it, it looks more like a lie than truth. And when someone intentionally keeps a bunch of coins has a portion um the way binance functions is they have they have their own leverage and they have their own liquidity supply and chain Pinzel runs a pretty tight ship and everybody tries to fud crypto and then they try to but guilt by association anytime Binance does something i've seen nothing but good behavior out of the way this has been functioning and best I get my assessment, it is under construction and the shit isn't, you know, until it works, it doesn't work. There's no point in 
getting too hype about it, but I definitely think that the stuff that's under a dollar should be reporting to the law of supply and demand because nobody doesn't think that inflation isn't a thing. They just doesn't, don't know how to measure it properly. Yeah. And it is, God, it is happening. So, hey, Digibyte is a penny. Syscoin's about 17 cents. Doge is about seven. And the so, only thing lost any, I, I didn't put too much money into Digibyte. So I, and to be honest, like I, I, most of my Digibyte I traded into, like I, I made money trading and I just bought some of that. So I could buy. Yeah. So, but Doge, when I was putting USD in, I put Doge was under half a penny and Syscoin was two and a half cents. And, and I'm just measuring it in United States dollars. Like I, I haven't sold any of that stuff. I, I, I have a master node for my Syscoin, so it just sits there. I ride out all these big dumps and dumps. I don't care. Yeah. So, yeah. As far as Doge goes, I, I gambled on it and made eighty bucks because you know it was a gamble, and fortunately I won. So, <laughs> I paid for a fifteen thousand dollar car with what I put in three hundred dollars in Doge. Is what I put in. Yeah. So, I have made made my made my money, and <laughs> I it is this how it this is how it functions, and then. Trying to arm like I was doing back in 2018. Forget about it. All of these pairs now, all of them, this line here, that don't exist no more. Yeah. They all have USD pairs now. All of them. So when I wanted to make sure that my thesis here was correct, I had to start looking for pairs that were like over here, and I had to start looking for dollar discrepancies, and I found them. I'm like, okay. As long as I find dollar discrepancies outside of USD price oracles, my thesis holds, the bots are in control, and you just have to know where to find your USD discrepancies. Yeah. That could be a trick. That could be a trick. Complicated by That's humans nice. about it mostly. Yeah. And it's like you got to break it down. That's a pretty good place to leave it off for this time. Donnie, go ahead and get your grift on. Let everybody know where they can find you. The null hypothesis of politics.com. I've been having weird link issues. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm trying. Well, that's his uh, down below in the show notes. So you don't got to go hunting and pecking for it. So, yeah, my first book is about automating a legislature, which is kind of more prescient to what's going on right now. But I mean, crypto is going on right now, too. So. Yeah. But the, the automated legis legislature thing seems real prescient these days. Really? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> and I, I have a lot of hope about that because um, on the Syscoin platform, you could talk to the, the the lead dev. He was putting that up as blockchain as a court of record. And the yeah. way they're onboarding regulators is they're giving them like a regulatory portal. They're not in control of the platform. They just have a door. And if you choose to use so some people will be forced to use the regulatory door because their stuff is on Robinhood and they have a yeah. world and whatnot. They will be forced to go through that door because of the way they're, they're all in regulated instruments in those markets. But as far as all of the systems I use, they're fully decentralized. There's nobody who turns them on and off. Nothing like the shit they, they they put that FUD out there for a reason. Again, the stampede a stampede of people does the same thing as a Zerg strategy. So they're not really inviting a bunch of people to try and play right now because again, this is being ahead of what you would call the tech the tech boom. 
being ahead of these systems. And it cost me $215 for this piece of information. And I had to go through three people at USAA. They're using smart contracts in the background. I had a pending. It wasn't in my account. It wasn't at the vendor. It wasn't at the bank. It was on something else. Definitely true. (laughs) So that goes into where Joe Lubin was talking about setting up systems. And a lot of this stuff has been going on in the background and people just don't, you know, there's not having time to follow it. There's not understanding how to follow it. And then when you go into the market and try and listen to all these fudsters, holy shit, it's so, it's so bad. So the the information sphere is so bad, man. It was driving me crazy. (laughs) Oh, I can, I can only understand, you know, a guy of intelligence background and everything and you're seeing all the goofiness that goes on. At the beginning of COVID, I thought it might be me. And then, uh, then COVID is. And I'm like, oh, no, it's definitely not me. Look at them. They're just completely out of their mind. It was like being in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. It's like, actually a very, very good way of describing the last two years. And some of these zombies are still wearing the mask. I don't. Oh, I, yes. I go to a dinner theater last night. It was masked. I'm like, nope, give me a refund. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah, luckily uh, where I live, it hasn't been like too re- too ridiculous. I will stay out of the city of New Orleans for the rest of time because of the silliness that goes on over there. But yeah, over here it's been it's been okay. Yeah, most of Austin is okay. There's a bunch of people in Austin who absolutely, as a matter of their self esteem, cannot be told that they're incorrect. Right. So they learn you <laughs> sure cannot catch cold no matter how hard you put one over your face and. Honestly, I'm starting to think that a lot of this pedophile shit that's going on, I think a bunch of these people are wearing these masks to keep their face out of the public view. <laughs> I think a yeah. lot of Well, you're not too far from that. Uh, I know a couple of people that uh, work in Hollywood and everything, and uh, it's like, yeah, like the actors and actresses, they've been loving the mask, and it's not because they think it's for health reasons, but they can walk down the street without getting accosted by paparazzi. Right. And, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, dude, I'll be glad when it's over. For the people who think there aren't going to be trials, Ghislaine and R. Kelly already went. Yeah. So, and now everyone in the country, like there are no, there are people who barely know how to read, who definitely want to read the Ghislaine client list. Like nobody will shut up about it. So neither will I, because it's a good point, not a dumb one. Yeah, it's it's actually an excellent point. It was like you can't just convict her on selling kids to nobody. <laughs> you gotta you gotta print that list. And that's where I say Trump was up there and he wanted to release JFK documents. And then Andrew Napolitano uh, said, this is his confession, that Donald Trump told him it's so it's so bad that not yet. Like basically yeah. revolting. At yeah. which point I'm like, okay, I basically know what he's talking about. But the thing is, you've seen in the last three years, CEOs, celebrity, all, all these kinds of people are getting slowly purged. They slowly disappear from public life. Yeah. That's where I'm thinking a lot of this is just going on in the background. You get to see Ghislaine. You get to see R. Kelly. Just- you get to see all of Hunter Biden. <laughs> yes. You're going to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop because we're not going to talk about the Anthony Weiner laptop, right? which 
far more interesting. But so we have to have that. There's the kid grade bullshit. And if you want to know how bad it's going to get, the kid grade bullshit looks like Hunter Biden's recreational schedule. <laughs> now, the Anthony Weiner one, now that's that's the one that has the copy of the 30,000 emails. So ugly end of this. The ugly end of this is Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers were the same law firm as John Benet Ramsey's parents. <laughs> so oh, this, no. <laughs> oh, yes. You want to play connected dots. There's probably just a law firm pedophile lawyers. They guard certain people. Yeah, just how just how it works. But uh, Donnie, thanks for coming on, man. It's uh, it's always great uh, seeing you again, and uh, I'll see you probably see you again in person at uh, the next Childerberg. Uh, yeah, in person at least. And yeah, will be uh, the offer stands to any of you crypto nerds who think you know more about this than me. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> I want to hear the debate. Awesome. If I can set that up, I definitely will. <laughs> hey, they can contact you. I'm here the whole the time, and everybody who thinks they got more information than me, I'm looking for it. So bring it on. Awesome. All right, Donnie. Thanks for playing along, man. We'll uh, we'll catch you around the timeline. Thanks, man. All right. See you. All right, and there he goes, folks. Uh, once again, like check down below in the show notes. I got his uh, links there for his Twitter and his uh, webpage. Uh, and definitely uh, hit him up on uh, trying to <laughs> trying to outsmart him on these uh, crypto markets. But anyways, guys, take it easy, and we'll come at you next time with a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. Out.